0: Your journey into social media was quite unique. It's kind of an accident, right?
1: A complete accident. Oh, you got That's kicked
0: happened. out? Yeah, yeah, I got asked to, to leave.
1: They kicked you out of the gym? Yeah. So did they not believe that you were black? You, you can't really complain about it because no. you should know, you should expect it, unfortunately. Not that it's right That's a question way. though,
0: isn't it? Should you expect it? Toby? welcome thank you how are you doing i'm good thank you how are you i'm good i'm good thank you for being my first ever guest on the podcast it's an honor it is it's an, an honor. honor well when i was trying to think of people that i wanted to talk to you were top of my list so here we are i don't know why mate <laughs> i think it's because you're going to make me be positive positive. Mm. and that's the main thing why i wanted to talk to you so just to give you a background on the podcast and what we're going to talk about well it's all about you So I don't want you asking me any questions (laughs) because I haven't prepped any answers. I wanted to speak to people who had a positive outlook on life, who were resilient, had a good mental attitude. And I feel like every time I've spoke to you, that's been the case. So it's going to be a lot about you, a lot about your mindset, you know, day to day life. But let's take it back to the beginning. Talk to me about your childhood. What were you like as a kid? I feel like you were naughty. Oh. I feel like you were a cheeky Do kid. Do I give that vibe? Yes. I've <laughs> Every <the> cheek- <laughs> time I met you, you've given me that vibe.
1: I've kept the cheekiness into my adult years. Yeah, I was quite naughty to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I think I always knew that I was like visually impaired, but it was never really spoken about. Yeah. So I knew that there was something different about me, but couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I always tried to fit in. Yeah. And that led to me, yeah, being quite naughty, especially in secondary school. <laughs> Um, maybe that was a bit of frustration as well i don 't yeah. know, but oh my God, yeah, I was, I was a naughty kid, a um, bit arrogant, a um, bit ignorant as well, to be honest, so yeah, not, not the best not the best kid in the world. but when did
0: you, know. you kind of like realize that you had a, a vision issue?
1: So I was diagnosed at two. Um, I was actually diagnosed as registered blind at the age of two. Okay. Uh, even though I had a fair bit more vision than I do now I kept walking into the Christmas tree basically <laughs> Like just over and over again Just smashing my head off of ball Yeah. And my mum was sort of like Okay obviously something's not right here Because when you're younger you don't learn Like from your mistakes So mm. I just kept going into the ball bauble um, And yeah we got diagnosed with RP at the age of two And it just gradually got worse as I grew up Okay
0: And like at what point did you realise I guess you were different to other people
1: Pretty, pretty early on because my parents were always around me kind of shielding me from danger whereas all the other kids were running wild do you know what I mean yeah. and I didn't understand why I couldn't run wild like how are these kids running around in the dark and not hitting everything but yeah. you know I'm bumping into, into every pole pillar <laughs> around do you know what I mean so I knew something was different but I just didn't really understand what until I was probably 7, 8
0: and did you go to like a regular school? yes mainstream so, education Yeah. yeah. how yeah. was that? Like- primary school was good
1: primary school was fine Um, secondary school not so much because I still had a fair bit of vision I could still read um, I could play football do all of those kind of things that normal teenage boys do Um, and then I lost my vision really quickly when I was sort of 14 and then I couldn't do any of the things that I used to do and I lost a lot of friends because of it and that probably led to me as I said earlier being a bit naughty uh, acting out a little bit Why do you think you lost friends because of it? I mean... Probably a multitude of reasons, to be fair. I don't think they knew how to act around a blind child. Yeah. Um, which is fair enough. Just we're Just I- ignorance, basically. Yeah, maybe ignorance or even just kind of a bit of like, oh, I don't want to upset him, maybe, so I'm just going to keep my distance. Yeah. Um, But we're never taught, are we, like, how to act around people with disabilities? No, never. So I think it's fair enough. But yeah, I did lose a lot of friends going into sort of sick form the
0: yeah. time. And then when you were coming, I guess, through school and out of school, then you're on to college or university in, into straight uni in? yeah. yeah right yeah straight into uni counselling psychology that's right when we first met you hadn't graduated when we met right no
1: we met in february about a year ago now actually yeah um and i had yeah a few more months left of uni and graduated in may and how was how was uni for you oh uni was brilliant yeah uni was fantastic yeah I which university did you go to chichester that's down right. on the south coast yeah yeah Stayed down there as well. That's how much uni was like amazing for me. I decided to stay down there. Yeah. Um, good hundred odd miles away from where I'm from originally.
0: And that's where you met Nat, that's your met. lovely girlfriend. My lovely, lovely girlfriend. Yeah. How did yeah. you two meet then at uni?
1: She was on my course. Um, do you know what? It was really weird. I, I had to get into this group chat for our course. So every course has a group chat, obviously. And I couldn't get into it for some reason. And so I just messaged someone random. And that person happened to be Nat. And we just kept talking, talking like, oh, you're looking forward to uni, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and it just clicked. Something clicked between us. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much one week, two weeks into university, we we're, we're pretty much a couple. Really? Yeah. God. That quick, yeah. It's
0: wow. Weird. She must so have liked weird. you then.
1: <laughs> I think I was chasing. I, honestly, she would say this. She would die on Miss Hill, right? Yeah. I was chasing her. And I don't think it was that bad. But yeah. <laughs> she she says to me all the time, like, you were chasing me, remember? So,
0: Yeah. So what was so obviously you've gone a different path because of social media, but what was the plan coming out of university? Were, were you gonna get a job in psychology? You gonna be a, you're gonna be a counsellor, right? It's gonna
1: be a counsellor, a CBT practitioner was the end goal. That would take so a lot of years. what is that? What is CBT? Uh, cognitive behavioural therapy. Okay. So it's if you go to an NHS doctor about yeah. anxiety, depression, whatever, uh, they're most likely to refer you to something like CBT. Right. Um, but it takes a lot of years of training and practice and quite a lot of the time, because I'm, I'm quite young, I'm an August baby, I was coming out of university at the age of 20, uh, they say you need a lot of life experience anyway, so it's unlikely yeah. I will have gone straight into a job like that.
0: Yeah, a um, lot of people go into that job when they've been through trauma and stuff themselves, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of the people on my course had kind of harsh backgrounds, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And did you... was Is that what Nat was going to do as well?
1: Yeah, I think we... It's really weird, we both had the same kind of aspirations i don't know whether we kind of like just bounced off of each other and said that sounds good that sounds good let's do it together type of thing or we both genuinely wanted to i'm not i'm not entirely sure yeah and but she wants to go into cbt as well eventually yeah
0: yeah do you think that's kind of helped your transition into social media and talking about the topics that you talk about is do you think going through university and learning what you learn has helped that process in terms of educating people
1: it definitely can do i think One thing that I pride myself on being is completely open and transparent about how I'm, how I'm feeling, what processes I'm going through, whatever. Um, I don't like to, you know, I try to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. I think it may have helped him in that sense. And what it also helps with is I get a lot of people reach out to me that who may be blind or visually impaired or they may, may be parents of a child who's going blind. Yeah. And it actually takes a lot of composure to talk to them in a way that doesn't sort of upset them or frighten them. Got you. So it helps with that right, as Because well. they're
0: quite nervous to talk to you? Yeah, or... they're
1: always asking for advice or yeah. I'm terrified, is he going to be able to do this type thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it takes a lot of like thinking about how to
0: respond appropriately to them. Your journey... I was, I was speaking to amy yesterday about this mm. your journey into social media was quite unique it's kind of an accident right a complete accident so yeah talk to me about how it how it happened how it came about
1: i think i, I always wanted to be in social media i always wanted to do youtube since i was yeah. young i just thought i'd fit into it quite well but never found like an excuse to do it so i was at a comedy event i was at the russell howard show and his support act yeah yeah, his support act had cerebral palsy he come on done his bit was joking about disabilities and he picked on me in the front row and said what's your favorite disability
0: yeah
1: and i had my cane with me so i just held that up and that went viral on tiktok someone clipped that and it went viral and there were loads of weird questions like why is a blind man got sunglasses why is he in the front row that's what i was looking at
0: yesterday so i I went to go look at that clip again because i was like I remembered how you got into the industry. Yeah. And I was like I'm going to go look at that video. Yeah. Was, and I saw you doing the mad. yeah, I saw you doing the explainer video mm. about basically trying to debunk that you w- were not blind. Yes.
1: Yeah, because there were so many weird comments. Um cuz everyone's skeptical. That's what I've learned yeah. from being in
0: social media. Everyone's a cynic. Everyone thinks it's fake. It, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um which is so literally the craziest thing you could think of. Like why would you pretend? Oh, attention, I guess.
1: Yeah. I guess. But yeah, I I answered in my own video, on my own account, first ever video. I'd never even touched TikTok before in my life. Yeah. Even through lockdown. All I heard was just TikTok songs on, on Natalie's phone. I'd never touched it. Yeah. And um that video just went went crazy. So I thought, okay, let's just keep going and see what happens. And then you came into my life. <laughs> Have you <laughs> heard the story reared? about
0: how I found your profile? Have I ever told you? no well i'm going to go on so <laughs> we obviously run a, a talent agency and my friends know that i work with influencers and content creators and one of my best friends um was one of the best best men at my wedding um Was on the toilet, (laughs) scrolling TikTok as you do, and he sent me. He sent me your profile, Mm. and he was like, "You've got to, you've got to speak to this guy. He's hilarious." Because at that point, you you probably shared, mate. I want to say three videos. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was it was super super early on, and I probably gave it like a week because Mm. at the time we weren't in the position really to take on more talent. We didn't have a big enough team. But a week went by, I was, I was watching your videos and I was getting fed your videos then because of the algorithm. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to, and this might seem like a like a tactic, but I swear to God it wasn't. I, I, I promise it was not a tactic. But I, I was like, I'm just going to reach out to Toby because I know there's going to be so many people trying to now work with you. And there's great people in the industry, but there's also some sketchy people in the yes. industry. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, I remember messaging you and just saying, if you ever need any, any advice, let me know. And then like two weeks later, you signed with us, which is amazing. <laughs> and I'm so glad that now that's happened. But yeah, so you need to thank Kieran for having, going to the toilet, scrolling <laughs> scrolling TikTok. <laughs> and I need to thank him. And he keeps he always says to me, when am I getting my percentage of Toby?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is it Coming up my paycheck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you, Kieran. That is yeah. weird, isn't it? I mean, I was living on People's For You page in that first week. Yeah. It just, the algorithm- You were everywhere. everywhere. Me, literally everywhere. everywhere. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I haven't seen that growth since, genuinely. So I'm not surprised that I was like on someone's TikTok while they were taking a poo. But (laughs) I I did think it was a tactic at the time when you messaged me. And I was like, "Mm, they might want to sign me. You did think
0: it was a tactic. I did. I was like,
1: well, surely. But then I was like, why would they want to sign me? Because you approached me when I had about 20K followers. I was like, I remember. "Hmm." I swear
0: to God, honestly, it wasn't a tactic. I genuinely just remember thinking... The thing is, especially at that time, there was a lot of new agencies. And I remember having some bad experiences with some of them. And I remember just thinking, somebody is gonna message Toby, sign him up, and I don't want what happened to some of the other creators we work with to happen to you. Yeah. Um, and I was I was seeing the growth, because the first I think the first time I saw one of your videos, it was like 20K in your following. Next one, it was like 30K, like next day. And I was like, he's gonna blow up here. Um, so I remember that first couple of weeks, we were just, you were just asking me questions about, I think contracts really. and brands yeah, and yeah. things like that. And I was just like, I was speaking to Amy. I was like, we just, we need to work with you. Like you would, cause I could tell The thing is, because this is what was interesting about your journey to being a, a creator. I guess you didn't have a plan to be a creator. Like no, you were going to be no. a counselor. you were at university. You had your like, life planned out. I and mean, I remember you saying like, it's quite a big risk yeah. to throw, kind of throw yeah. that away. So how was, what was that process like? Because you almost, so if that was the February, mm. graduating in the June? May, May. May, like, so you had what, three, three months?
1: Yeah, three months. To decide. I was applying to jobs. I was applying for full-time NHS jobs uh, when we were discussing and you just it. had to pull out. The thing is, is I remember sending you a message as well. And this was almost a tactic for me. It was like, <laughs> I'd love uh, to work with you guys. Oh, so you're the one with the tactic. <laughs> right, I'm you? sneaky, honestly, yeah. the reverse card. And I remember talking to Nat about this, like extensively because obviously we kind of come as a duo. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Cause I can't main, I can't do all of the editing and filming myself in a yeah. way that would one be good and two is sustainable. Yeah. It just takes too long. So we were like, what do we do? And obviously our families were kind of a bit sceptical about it. They were like, you know. So we tried to pull on advice, but we were really dissuaded from it by a lot of people. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, we just thought, well, let's see what happens for a year. Mm. Um, realistically, we're told to get life experience. Okay, let's let's see what we can do. If we earn a few grand along the way,
0: <laughs> great, <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah, it was just that just to take that jump and it worked out. How, how did you your because even my parents have no idea what <laughs> I really do. So that, how did your family take that conversation? Like, do you remember going up to them and being like, I'm not gonna get my counsellor job, I'm gonna do this full time?
1: I, I had to say it in some way, yeah, but they wanted me to use my degree yeah. because I'd think I'd make a good counsellor personally. And they said, but you can make a difference in mm. the world. I was like, but I can make a difference here as well. Yeah. And I can reach so many more people. Yeah. And they came around to it quite quickly. I think once they saw the growth I was getting, and then you guys came up with some amazing partnerships within the first week of signing, that sold them. Yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure I got Gymshark.
0: I remember like that was, that was the first Three days one.
1: in? Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here then? And I think that's when they saw, okay, let's see where it goes. And now actually they... They say to me, keep pushing it, keep, you've got such good opportunity. Massive. Like keep working hard. Type and I thing. guess that
0: count, like, hopefully you're a creator forever and you just use your platform for what you're doing now, but that counselor degree isn't going anywhere. That's like, what your I is not, say. Yeah, your yeah. degree's there forever, right? Like you're not having great. to retrain
1: yeah. any time. No, 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 that degree's always there. The experience is always there. Any like volunteering stuff, my CV yeah. will stay the same. Um, I'm um, actually getting old as a good thing in that world. Yeah. So plan still B. Still 21, yeah. right? It's still 21.
0: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad because we speak to so many creators and their parents. Like, obviously, a skeptic. Like, the thing with this industry is the average age of the people doing well. is so young, and I think that, especially we as agencies, have a real responsibility to make sure that we are looking after the people we manage, because I can imagine every parent in the country when they. are you know son or daughter is saying i want to be a content creator mm. the first question is how does that even make money like, oh, yeah. how are you going to live yeah so it's good to hear that they were they were cool with it
1: i think that what i was saying about getting the like campaigns right off the bat yeah. is what helped because otherwise they were just like, well, how do you make money? Mm. I was like, just wait, just wait. I don't even know myself really at the minute.
0: Did, yeah, I was gonna say, did you have an idea of an how, idea. It, how it worked prior to signing? The thing is there can be so many different revenue streams.
1: Yeah. Um, and obviously campaigns are the biggest one, at least for myself. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I just didn't know how they'd come in. So I mean, you get weird ones in and you're like, <laughs> yeah. do, and especially at the beginning, you feel very inclined to say yes to everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because you, you know, never know what's new. coming next. Yeah, well, yeah, you, it's even now I still feel pressured to say yes. Not that mm. you have ever put pressure on me. It's yeah. more like well, it's my, you know, I need to pay my bills type thing. But it, it's a weird one because we got those partnerships in straight away. I was like, okay, this is how it works. But if they hadn't have come in, I don't know what kind of mindset I would have been in with yeah. it. To be honest, it's very taboo, really. Because no one talks about it. Online. Where where does
0: the pressure come from then in terms of you taking a campaign? Is it is it the, I guess, the the fact that... Because realistically, you've still not been doing it that long. No.
1: I'm not experienced in the world of media at all, really. Yeah. I'm still a newbie to it. But I'm experienced enough now to... And I think mature enough as well is a big thing yeah. to evaluate what's a good campaign and what's not a good campaign. Yeah, You kind of go through a bit of a checklist in your head like... Does this fit with my audience? Yeah. I had a good conversation with Tal, actually, who's obviously my my main manager, yeah. about uh, different brands to work with. And she pointed out things like, does that fit your audience? Yeah. I was like, mm, maybe not. And that's when we have conversations about that. And that's what's mm. great about having a management team is you can bounce ideas off of them. Yeah. Um, but the pressure does come, obviously, obviously financially, because you do, especially in today's world, there's so much to pay for.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and we all want to have nice lives. Of course, we do. Um, so yeah, that's where the pressure comes from. It's definitely internal about your life and sustainability and all that
0: kind of stuff. You, you raise a good point though, about, um, like the brand campaign fitting your audience. Mm. So now when you are thinking about, about a brand campaign, what's that process like in terms of determining whether or not it does fit for your audience? Age.
1: Yeah. The good thing with me is on my analytics, my age is quite spread. Yeah. Um, which is good from a marketing perspective, obviously, um, do I even like the brand? You know, would I use them? Would I recommend them? I'm only going to sort of use work with brands that I'd endorse myself. Um, And kind of obviously you have to look at what they want out of a campaign as well. Does it fit with what I want the campaign to, Mm. to give me and my audience? Because sometimes I've had it before, especially when I was less experienced and I said yes to a campaign and they're like, ideas for how the campaign would go ahead were completely different to mine and it just didn't Mm. work at all. And I was so glad to get that campaign behind me. Yeah. Whereas now I'd say no to it straight away after like looking
0: at the brief. Yeah. How do do you go about making content for your own page is very different to making content for a brand. Mm. So how does your mindset change when you are working with a brand when making content?
1: It depends on the usage really. Like, yeah obviously if you do a campaign it can go on your page only it could go on their page only or it can go on both so obviously if it's just going on their pages then I'll do more of what they envisage of course because you know it's not my well obviously it's my content but it's not going on my pages to my audiences Mm.
0: when you first started and I distinctly remember this because it's part of why I just loved your content it was quite comical like you would make you'd make a lot of jokes. And I remember you getting a bit of hate sometimes for it. I remember not getting some hate for it.
1: Yeah, the thing is like, you've got to balance out your content because otherwise it just gets same old, same old. A lot of it's educational, you know. Yeah. How do I do this as a blind man? What does this type of blindness do? That kind of thing. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to make, especially with my personality, I like my personality to reflect on my content. I am jokey, I'm silly. Yeah. And yeah, I do do these kind of comical skit type videos. And yeah, that got a bit of hate in them. Actually, that was, I think that was a newspaper article written about her because they took the yeah. video completely out of context.
0: It was like, um, it was like the benefits of dating That's a blind it. guy. The benefits, and it, it was is. it yeah. was like so tongue in cheek. Mm. It was it was it was actually, and I remember it distinctly. It was quite a loving video yeah, to yeah. you. There and, was a lot of, con- and for anybody to take it yeah. the wrong way, and I remember her getting that hate.
1: She got loads. Yeah, That actually, if you went back and looked at that, the comment section is crazy um yeah. like some people obviously found it funny but a lot of them are like well she's clearly just using you then if you're disabled
0: badge or what do you know what i mean just ridiculous you at this point you've been together what three years yeah
1: two and so and half, for three someone years, to say
0: yeah. she's using you is ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous that is the one thing about tiktok that i've noticed is i don't know if it's the the algorithm or the people on it that the the comment section is as brutal as any platform yeah. i've ever seen
1: yeah I think after that, you don't see Nat in a video for a long, long time. Really? So it affected her quite a lot? Yeah, she hated it. Really? She could, I'm very thick-skinned. Say anything to me. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'll take any comment and just laugh at you if it's mean or malicious. She hates
0: it. So what, what made her come back into the videos then? Just, just time. She, she was reluctant.
1: Yeah. The thing is, the videos, she was torn because yeah. the videos we do together do well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because naturally if you're curious about a blind person you're curious about the people around them yeah and people wanted to know like what's it like living with a blind person and there was so much that she could offer because Mm. she's actually really articulate as well Mm. and gets across information really well she it was a big step for her and then i think she got a bit more hate and she actually took it more on the chin yeah and just laughed at it i don't know if like that was just you know being strong on the outside or if she genuinely just took it on the chin i don't know But yeah, she seems to get a lot more hate than me. I I get very little hate. I'm very lucky. Yeah. Like my comment section towards myself is actually relatively nice. Yeah. For TikTok at least.
0: So I guess, how did it feel when Nat was getting hate? Like for you? Like, was so did you take it more personally almost when it was Nat?
1: Say anything to me. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But when you're saying about other people who don't deserve it, then I get annoyed and upset. because. Yeah, it's, you never want to, especially when you see the impacts. Maybe I wouldn't have minded as much if she, you know, may have just laughed at it or whether that she didn't. And that's absolutely fine. And therefore it upset me as well. So I think there was also a point where she, you know, maybe didn't want to be as involved in the whole media stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would have
1: maybe had to look to someone like a an editor maybe to help me out. Yeah. Because it did, it did upset her that much, bless her. Because um, some of the comments really weren't nice um so yeah it was it was upsetting for me as well um but But it's like your partner in crime isn't it exactly
0: because that that's one of the things that also stood out when i first started working with you is you and nat were a team Mm. and you are a team it's it's not changed anything but and that kind of resonated with me because amy and i are a team yeah yeah so i when i saw you two i was like that's amazing that you're doing it together so that must have been a tough period where she's kind of like i don't think this is for me Mm. Yeah,
1: definitely. It was quite early on as well. It was yeah. like only maybe a month or so in. Yeah. Um. So it was a, a bump in the road. But we are a team. Like, yeah. if anything, she does more than me. Like, <laughs> I'm the the ugly face you see on the camera. Do you know what I mean? Like, just chatting waffle.
0: Yeah. But
1: she's the one making me look good. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. doing all the editing, all the filming, all of the cuts, putting the I music people in. People forget
0: that, don't they?
1: They do. And a lot of people think I do it by myself, and she doesn't get anywhere near as much credit. Mm. as she should. Do you know what I mean? Like we split whatever we make from campaigns 50-50. Yeah. If anything, she should get more than that, really.
0: <laughs> how, do, um, how do you, when it is targeted at you, the negative comments and the hate and the abuse, how do you handle it? And you say you're, you're thick-skinned, but I'm, I'm assuming now and again there is a comment here and there that, that does hit home a little bit. I can't
1: lie. I, c- I love it. <laughs> Like, I, the thing is, I come like, from a very bantry background. I'm a football lad growing yeah, up. Yeah, you yeah. slate each other. Yeah. So I'm used to it. There are ones that annoy me, the the arrogant comments. The ones like, how's he reading the comments? Bro's not blind. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when they put the skull emoji, I want to rip my hair out. That emoji's like a kick in the teeth, honestly. I hate that emoji so much. Yeah. But they're the ones that I get annoyed more than anything and frustrated. I don't think there's ever been a comment that's, like, gone straight to my heart. I mean, like, oof. Do you know what I mean? But I've definitely had some comments that would affect other people in that way. So I'd never ever encourage them. And sometimes I do delete those comments because I don't want other people to see them. Yeah, like your followers
0: to see it. What about your, like, because we've had creators who, and we we did a, a documentary on it last year and we were speaking to the parents of one of our creators and talking to them about how it affects them to see their kids get hate. Yeah, was it's, was, it's was brutal to hear it yeah my mum wants to reply to every comment yeah honestly. i was gonna say like how does she take it when she sees that or reads that or does she now just kind of not read the comments
1: i think curiosity gets the better of my parents <laughs> yeah i really think
0: they do because there's so much positivity in there as well so they probably yeah. want to read it and see that posi- positive side of it
1: well yeah they're so proud of it yeah like which is weird for me you know because they're quite you know, they they wanted me to obviously go down the route I was going down. Yeah, so yeah. for them to be proud of it's amazing and, yeah. and pushes me on every day. They they read through the comments and they get upset and say, "What the is that person talking <laughs> about?" I don't know if I can swear.
0: Neither <laughs> do I. Let's <laughs> 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 just roll <wrong> with it.
1: <laughs> you know, they say, "What is that person going on about?" I want to tell, put them in their place type yeah. thing. Like that's my son. Do you know, but I don't think they ever would. But yeah, I think it does get to them sometimes. So I do just say to them, that just don't go through it." You you can't really complain about it because. No. You should know. You should expect it. Unfortunately, not that it's right. That's in the any question, way.
0: though, isn't it? Should you expect it?
1: I think you have to. Yeah. Even if it's just one comment that you've got in a hundred videos that are all positive, and you get one yeah. comment like, you'd be naive to say, "Oh, where's that come from?" Do you know what I mean? It's
0: interesting because we, we've spoke to a lot of people, whether it's lawyers or people from the platforms, about regulations and rules to stop the hate and to stop as much, you know trolling or trolling Um, but I I tend to think that's not the solution that's just a a plaster over the issue because you're not fixing the underlying issue of people giving people hate Mm. because they think they're you know they don't because you know you can be anonymous online yeah but that's not fixing the issue you're just blocking the issue from happening no it's
1: more deep rooted than that yeah. do you know what I mean you, where just is that you hate think, coming exactly. from exactly. and let's fix that instead of there? just
0: plastering over it
1: it's almost a culture now Yeah, do you know what I mean it's, it's cool yeah. to take the mick yeah, out of someone yeah. especially online because there aren't consequences maybe that is part of the problem is there isn't consequences Yeah, massively. you are massively right in saying it's it's coming from somewhere else to begin with
0: when you were in school yeah i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think age ages here and what technology you had mm. did you have what, what social media did you have when you were in like high school
1: um instagram instagram yeah <laughs> that was it I think. Did,
0: like so because my god i'm gonna sound old now do you remember what msn was yeah yeah no, you don't.
1: No, no, I do. You send little messages to your <laughs> yeah, friends like so and so is online now. As soon as you got home. And <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that
0: was the that was the extent of mm. taking conversations with people in school home. Yeah. So did you have people messaging you when you were at home on Instagram? When yeah, you were in school?
1: Yeah, I guess I had Snapchat as well. Snapchat, Instagram. Right. Ask FM? No. Do, say do I'm too know, old. Oh that's old, that's, well, that's a whole that's a whole other story yeah that's crazy um but yeah i would talk a lot to friends outside of school because
0: i that's the big thing for me now is thinking about having a daughter and thinking when i was at school and if somebody made fun of you or bullied you Mm. that was kind of it don't don't go on msn and you're good (laughs) whereas now you're getting dm'd constantly so did you did you ever have any did you ever get bullied in school on social media
1: i don't think i've got i got picked on because of you know my It just is what it is i don't think i ever got bullied because i'd always stand up for myself yeah it's just in my nature yeah. um, <laughs> i can't help myself um but i remember there was a video of me just walking straight into a pole in school and, yeah in school just someone had taken this video of me walking into a pole because i couldn't see it it wasn't right i'd never been to this place before i don't think i just walked straight into it i think it was yeah. scaffolding actually <laughs> and that circulated round on social media like <laughs> look at really? this idiot like he's so, so somebody blind. posted yeah. yeah yeah and i remember being like what, what'd you get out of that
0: do you know what i mean so yeah i got it i but guess did, that, they, did they get in trouble with the school because no, of that no see that's the thing the consequences, no consequences aren't severe enough for people that do stuff like that because like you just said you're quite thick skinned mm. and you're like okay that's not funny but i'll take it on the chin <laughs> yeah whatever but yeah. for a lot of people disabled or it's not humiliating. that's humiliating yeah. Yeah. I, that's the thing. There's just not enough, like you say, consequences anymore for those kind of things. And until there are those consequences, you're not gonna stop people from doing it, mm. but you do have to get back to the underlying thing of why are people so, it's just, it's, it's so weird to me. I know that so many of these people that comment on our creators posts, if they saw them in the street. Not only would they mm-hmm. not say anything, they, they might run up to them they for, a, for a photo. Yeah. And yet they think that online, they can just say whatever they want. And it really does affect a lot of creators. Like what would you say to your followers? And maybe they've asked you this before, but what would you say to them if they are getting bullied online or they are getting hate? Like how would you, Like, what's your mindset in terms of dealing with that?
1: I think from a content perspective, Mm. if you're getting hate, I think number one, and this shouldn't be the case. But if I was giving advice out, it would be yeah. try to make content that is as little controversial as possible. Yeah. Don't give them an excuse, type thing. And that's that's such a horrible thing to have to say. Like, why why can't you just make content freely and not? Worry are you about, talking
0: you know also I mean? about your like the the more comedic stuff that you've been doing? Uh, yeah. Because if that's the case, then that's just sad. Like, I know. You're, like, to stop you from making the content that you find funny, mm. so that you don't get hate, yeah. is it's tough. Yeah, 100%.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, even me, like the thick skinned person I am, I, I considered not doing that type of content again, Yeah. to be fair. So I'd, there's not one bit of advice I could give, but I think as long as you're making content you enjoy, mm. and oh, it's such a hard thing to talk about, isn't it? Because yeah. everybody's different, everybody reacts to it differently. Yeah. And that's the psychology in its you can't just give one bit of
0: advice to sort it out. I knew I was talking to the right person, the person that did a psychology degree. Well, I haven't helped you out at all, but- you haven't, <laughs> I, th- I think you're gonna help a lot of people, not just from talking today, but your content in general is so, like we were talking about on the way over here, mm. it's so raw, like raw, yeah, like yeah. The, the subject matter of it is so raw. Yeah. And it and it is helping, and I know it is, because I see the comments and I see the growth and it it's, is helping so many people because, there just aren't that many creators who are blind, at least with a big following. So no. and this is a question I wanted to ask you, do you now feel almost a sense of responsibility to keep making content, to kind of spread that message?
1: Yeah, I think responsibility is a really strong word yeah. because I'm not obliged to do anything, Yeah. but yeah. I do feel like a moral sense of responsibility yeah. to help these people out because I've like seen the impact that it's had and that's kind of drives me on to keep doing it. If I wasn't, if this wasn't my job, I'd still make content. Yeah. If I wasn't earning a penny from Which it. Which is
0: where you should be.
1: Yeah, 100%. If yeah. you're in it just for financial gain, then you're, you're not going to go far, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I would, I'd keep making content. I keep spreading messages. I keep answering DMs mm. just because I wish I had that person
0: when I was younger. Yeah. I had so many questions. That for me is the biggest positive mm. about social media yeah. Is, those messages that get spread because we now have that have the platform and the question is does that outweigh the negatives of social media
1: for me yes yeah it it depends what kind of area of content creation you're in mm. like if you need help or advice or someone to relate to you will find someone yeah Do you know what i mean whether it's about disability or financial help or bereavement you will find something yeah. online and that's like it's almost magical that you can do that at your fingertips now. Mm. Find someone else who's gone through the experiences that you're going through. I think it does outweigh it as long as you're as long as you're okay getting consistently berated. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? I personally think it does, but I reckon some people would disagree.
0: It's really, it's a really tough question, though. I don't think there's one right answer. And I, the other thing is I think it's gonna change over over the next few years and see where the platforms go, you know, platforms being banned, mm. new regulations yeah. coming in. Yeah. Talk to me about your. um, Obviously, you work with Nat super close to make content. Talk to me about the practicalities of you and Nat shooting content together. Do you have a schedule to shoot? Do you just shoot when like inspiration hits? How do you go about even just coming up with your video ideas?
1: I'm in quite a small niche. Yeah, there's only so much I can talk about. Yeah, coming up with ideas can be difficult sometimes. Yeah. a lot of the time, you just have to spin off of what you've done before. Mm. The, the thing with TikTok, which is obviously the main platform I'm on, is it rarely gets to your followers. It's on the For You page, it's reaching people that don't follow you a lot of the time. Mm. And that means you can kind of recycle content, do it in a different way, talk about it in a new way, evolve that bit of content. So that's a lot of what I work on now because new ideas are hard. I've, I've spoken about pretty much every experience I can as a blind person um so it's all about evolving as a creator and how can we change this how can we adapt this Mm. the practicalities of it get difficult because working from home 24 7 is challenging because you don't have that routine yeah we'd love a routine honestly we would love one like sit down you know have breakfast get cracking have lunch get cracking finish Mm -hmm. and you're done for the day but we don't have that yeah a lot of the time it is should we do this then should we do that? Should we go out and get this bit of content? I
0: think mean, that is the hard thing about being a creator. And I I think we speak to a lot of creators and they have very different ways of doing things. So I, I know certain creators that do have a routine and they'll only film on certain days of the week, for example. Or they'll wake up at a certain time every day and make sure they film in the morning or the evening or whatever it may be. But the vast majority of creators don't do that. And before you know it, they're in this kind of... I'd say quite a toxic spiral of waking up late, staying up late, things like that. So how do you, because obviously you're quite a, a fit guy, you go to the gym, I try. You, you eat well, you play football, which we'll get onto in a bit. But how do you at least stay in a semi-decent routine?
1: I'm, I've always been someone who hates the idea of like getting up late. I hate being in bed yeah. until 10, 11 o'clock. So, and also having the dog has helped with that because yes. I need to get up. I've got a reason <laughs> yeah. to get
0: up. And um, they're like licking your face, you can't well, yeah, really stay in bed uh, after go that. Go away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, that has helped, but I've always been someone who, you know, likes to crack on with their day and yeah. get things done. I think this toxic sparring talk about is so common because a lot of my mm. friends that I like, have in social media, they're all the same. Yeah, I, I've rolled out of bed at 11, had a meeting to do, and then the rest of the day, I've done my content for the day if you upload yeah. daily. And that's sometimes all you have to do. And that's not great for your kind of mindset around working. No, Cause sometimes it really doesn't feel like a job. Mm. Sometimes it's hectic. And there's been days where I've been working from nine o'clock in the morning till nine in the evening. Cause I've had to get so much done, travel around, do yeah. different meetings, bits and bobs. But there have been days where you sit there, you're like, I need to do something, but I've got nothing to do.
0: Mm. You know, and that- So how do you keep that right? motivation? Cause it, that's the other thing that we speak to creators about is because because they don't have a nine to five, which, is a good thing in itself let's be honest yeah yeah they they find it difficult to find that motivation to get up be creative because it is a creative thing you need to do even if you're just making a basic video you still need to be somewhat Mm. creative with your lighting and your angles and that kind of stuff what what's your kind of process in terms of keeping your motivation up like is it even just you know not to put ideas in your head but is it not like is it good to have nat who's like come on let's do this and then the next day when nat doesn't have the motivation you have motivation
1: the thing is we feed off of each other yeah so if one's good the other one's good if yeah. the other's bad the other's bad got you so we're never kind of opposite so i mean obviously there are times mm. motivation is driven by success and by like your own perception of success so for me that could be oh, video's done well and I've gotten a lot of engagement from that and I've reached a lot of people, let's keep going, let's do more. Or it could be, I'm in a rut with my views, I don't even want to make content, what's the point? So for me, that motivation kind of comes through success, which can be unhealthy at times. Mm. Um, but for me, I've always noticed when my videos are doing well, I'm up earlier, I'm filming more content, I'm brainstorming, I'm you know, liaising with Tao a lot on what brands to work with, who can we reach? Do you know what I mean? Whereas when I'm not doing so well, I definitely... And you could probably ask Talvis, and she might say the same, is I get a bit more distant. So that's something that I personally need to work on, which
0: is mm. difficult. But motivation is such an important part of this industry. So how... Because that's, that's the interesting thing. Because I think that's the same for so many people. If you're, if you're doing well, it's life's good, right? right? Yeah, yeah. When you're not doing well, that's where you really need to find that that kick. So when you have... You know, when you've had those bad days... What... How have you got out of that? I try to find,
1: like, pleasure or that success that I want in other things, Mm -hmm. whether that's football or uh, going to the gym or something like that, something on the side that you work on that isn't directly related to your job. Mm. Because if you're doing well in other parts of your life, you're more likely to, you know, be more overall motivated. I think on the days where the job doesn't feel like a job, that's great, I'm really highly motivated to do well in it. It's when it starts to feel like a job and a drag, mm. that's when you need to
0: start looking for other
1: sources of motivation.
0: Uh, that's such a good answer. And I think it's so important to make sure that you're, it's hard, isn't it? Because they tell you to, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try and be successful in something, you have to double down and give mm. everything to it, yeah. which is, I I, I agree. Like, yeah. I don't like this message of you can half ass anything no. and still do well. No but equally if it is your be all and end all then if then your mood and your motivation is dictated by by whether or not it's going well or your job is going well so having those other things whether it's NAT or the dog or football or friends whatever it may be you have to get outside of of your job so if you're a content creator go and see your friends Mm. go and see your family you know and if you do or go and do a hobby that has nothing to do with content creation because then if you know your views dip which everybody really cares about or if your engagement goes down or you don't have the motivation to post Mm. or whatever it may be maybe you can pull your motivation from elsewhere football football talk to me chelsea unfortunately (laughs) not the best at the moment
1: I'm struggling, honestly. (laughs) I'm I'm in a bad way, Amelia. I'm in a bad way.
0: I don't know much about you. Can you change team? You probably can't change team, man. I mean, I wouldn't, but I mean,
1: people do. But I'm not going to just become a Man City fan all of a sudden. No glory,
0: not me. But you mentioned that you um you played football in school. Yes. And then I'm assuming you stopped playing for a few years because when we first met, you weren't playing, right? I had some injury. You had some injury yeah. and that we were talking about football and you said you really wanted to get into it. And next mm. minute, here you are playing for like one of the top teams in the country. <laughs> so <you laughs> talk to me about, because I remember watching one of your first videos mm. and you started doing um, something with the England football team, right?
1: Yeah, so I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, do you wanna come try this? Come try yeah. this. And one of the ones that stuck out was blind football. I've always been curious. Um, and it just turned out that one of England's best players Brandon lived in a kind of Portsmouth way, yeah. which at the time was only sort of a 20 minute drive from where I was. Yeah, And he was like, come give it a go. You know, maybe you can get some content if you want. I was like, oh bro, I'm not going to turn down free content. No. And um, so yeah, I went and gave it a go. First of all, the level that he was playing at blew my mind. Like I was flabbergasted. Had you ever played in... it
0: before? No, no.
1: I'd kind of messed around a bit with yeah. my eyes shut and you know, whatever. Yeah. Never properly. And like, I, honestly, I was, I went into it thinking I was going to be a bit slow, a bit sloppy. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. Really? I was, honestly, I was, I was mind blown. And then I gave it. I was rubbish. I was absolutely crap. Can you beat that out? Yeah. <laughs> I was rubbish. And I think we'll yeah. leave that in. You'll leave that I mean, in. That'll be fine. That was crap. will
0: yeah, no, be fine.
1: So he was like, oh yeah, you can come back, give it a go. Maybe we'll get you training a bit. I was like, oh yeah, fat chance, mate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back to do this. Comparing myself to him. Yeah. And I did go back. Yeah. And I kept going back. And something clicked all of a sudden. And I was invited to go and, and sign over with Brighton. Um, Who are one of the top teams. One right? of the top. I mean, there aren't too many teams as you can imagine. The talent pool's not massive. How many are,
0: like, teams are in your league then? Uh,
1: there's actually only four now. Okay. Um, I think th- there's definitely scope to have more. But is that
0: like the top? like, Is it, is it called the Prem? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the top one. The top league, I the should top,
1: say. yeah. You've got then got the championship where players from those teams kind of play against each other, okay. who maybe wouldn't fare too well in the Premier League. Got you.
0: Um,
1: so within a year, less than a year, yeah. six
0: months, you've gone from not playing to Prem.
1: Yeah, that's pretty yeah. impressive. You <laughs> got to was give mad. yourself
0: a pat on the back because of that.
1: I was scared. It's a scary. I sport. bet. Honestly, like, because obviously I've still got light perception, so I can so see. So talk to me stuff. about that. So how does yeah. that work? What is it in, in football?
0: yeah or just so, day-to-day life just so, day-to-day. so you can see some light yeah right? so like
1: we've got a light to my left uh lighting up my lovely face <laughs> and um i can tell that there's something better yeah um so that's really the extent of it is like shadows and light but then
0: when you're playing football you've got to put we the, put a blindfold, on, blindfold because on some
1: players are obviously completely completely blind and we'll see nothing so it's not fair if i can maybe I, know, I wouldn't be able to see anything, but there's people who can see more than me who are cast okay. as blind. So yeah, we put the blindfold on and you've got these absolute units just running around the pitch. Like I've watched it, yeah. It's mad. I'm relatively tall. Yeah. And I, I weighed a fair bit when I first started. Yeah. And like, I was minuscule compared to these guys. Really? It's ridiculous. Uh, I remember in my first game, I played against a fellow called Dan English and he, he's about six foot four, about a hundred kilograms. Yeah. And one of England's best players. And... I, I, I was terrified. Honestly, I was shaking. But, you know, that's what you've got to do sometimes. Yeah, sure. People always say, make yourself uncomfortable and then you'll get comfortable in that situation. Yeah, so I love that. a few months down the line now, I'm pretty confident on the pitch.
0: And what's like, what's the next steps in in that kind of league then? So is it playing for England? Is it's that England, what you want to do now?
1: England's the goal. Yeah, um, I'm currently playing in a European league. Um, so we've travelled to Belgium, Germany, Romania, Italy, all these places to play against teams across Europe. That's insane. And it's effectively an England under 23 squad. So technically, I'm playing under 23s. You keep telling me how young
0: you are, Toby. (laughs) Under 23s. I could
1: play under 21s.
0: (laughs) Cheers. Thanks, Toby. No worries, mate. Um, Don't know where you'd fit in. Under. (laughs) Do you know what's so funny? Do you remember. like, still on, but X Factor. Yeah, yeah. I remember being eighteen, <gasps> yeah. or like even younger than that, and being like, "God, those over twenty fives are so old." And now oh I'm, goodness, I'm so that. in the over twenty you fives. You're quite a long way in, mate. Thanks. If Toby. you'd nearly go into like a veteran zone, if I had one. I'm actually, really. <laughs> I'm actually, really worried about how grey my hairs gonna look compared yeah. to yours. How does it? How does it work in terms of practically the game? Mm. So, like, how long is the game? Like, talk to me about the practicalities of the actual game.
1: So, each half is actually only 15 minutes. Right. But it's stop clock. So, every time a ball goes out... Really? We, we stop the play. A lot of... Well, not a lot, kind but like sometimes... American football, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. that sense. You get a lot of injuries as well, so mm. players will be down for a bit, need treatment, whatever. The clock will stop. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, two halves of that. You're allowed timeouts as well because you need to give quite a lot of feedback as a coach. Mm. Obviously, you're the eyes yeah. of the whole team. Yeah. So, you need to... Whether it's tactically or... You know, someone's not quite doing their job right. Yeah, uh, you rely on your teammates a hell of a lot. Yeah, because you can't just check over your shoulder and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah he's like, in the right spot." Communication
0: has got to be key, right? Exactly.
1: It's the biggest part. Yeah. If you don't have good communication, you'll never ever get anywhere near playing yeah. at the top level.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's like how much good information can you give in the shortest sentence possible? Yeah. Um, so we do we do work on that. Um, and yeah, there, there's rules about saying certain things to your opponents so they don't oh, just really? run into you. Yeah. If you what don't, can't you say? It's more about what you have to say. So Boy, okay. there's the word voy, which translates to I am here in Spanish. I think it's just a universal word we use. Yeah. You have to say that if you're going in for a tackle right. on a player with the ball. What happens if, you, if you don't say it's a could, foul, really? I think you might get booked actually. Um... So, yeah, you have to say that, like, kind of but two minutes before. Surely you forget before. all the time. That's just... drilled into you. You oh, kind okay. of run around the pitch just going, boy, boy, boy. Yeah, it's constantly. Literally, constantly that's all you hear. tackling people. Honestly, yeah, yeah. So, and, and if the ball's gone loose as well, like, say, yeah. no one has the ball, but you're running onto it, you have to say boy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's, it's reliance on others, and you have to really back yourself to know where you are on the pitch and and... Mm say the right things and do the right things. It's and how so draining. Do you,
0: how do you know where the ball is? It's got a rattle in it. It's so got they a have ball
1: bearings in. Okay. And it's kind of encased in this metal panelling inside the ball. So, it makes quite a loud noise, to be honest. If I was to shake it in here, it would be really loud. So, there's metal yeah. within. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. You can't feel that, I'm assuming. Yeah, you... you
1: can, yeah. Really? M- M- honestly, the first time I played, I thought I broke my foot. So, it's a lot harder than normal oh, football. It's so hard. Really? It's honestly, if. Like, the goalkeepers have to pat themselves up so much, like hockey goalkeepers goal, almost. Like,
0: yeah, I bet.
1: It's crazy. So, yeah, if you do. you, you have kick to wear ball, different boots? You have to pick your boots wisely. Yeah. can't oh, well, like really players. thin. No, thin. no. The more experienced players do because they're used to it. Your yeah. feet just adapt. Yeah, My yeah. boots are very thick. I mean, I also have padded socks as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they, you have to I was watching um, some clips of you playing. Mm. You're very good. But, um, <laughs> Cheers, <mate. laughs> the, um, the goalkeepers, they're not blind, right? No, they're
1: fully sighted. Okay. They're fully sighted. They they can only they have this tiny little box to operate in, like, well smaller than this table. Um, Mm. I think we're at a table. Yes, yes. (laughs) We are. Um, And they're kind of like the guide for the defenders. Um, Mm. And people are always like, well, the goal's smaller and you've got sighted goalkeepers. Like, how do they let goals in? Um, But we hit those balls so hard. And it's such, such, like, close range to one We get so close. Like, I could get two yards out and have a shot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you're putting it in the corner, it doesn't matter how small the goal is, the keeper's not going to get to it. Mm. So yeah, they're a big part of it. They're very brave as well, to be fair, because you've got people clattering into them as well a lot of the time.
0: What's the? I guess what's your? How often are you training? How often are you playing? Is it a big commitment?
1: When I'm injury free, yeah, it's a massive commitment. It's a yeah. lifestyle. Like okay. a lot, the England boys are on contracts, like professionally. Yeah. So they get paid to do it, not like a big amount. By I was going to
0: say, like, what? What's the funding like in in football?
1: It's better than you'd expect. But not as good as it should be mm. because disability sport isn't funded great. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, you're never going to have a blind footballer on, you know, 50 grand a year. It's just not feasible. Like the lads mm. still have full-time jobs as well. Um, and But we get the funding from the FA to go abroad. Obviously, as I said, we've been to Germany, Italy, and I'm not even anywhere near the England squad. Yeah. You know, So if I get those opportunities, then it's in a good place. Yeah, um, But there can obviously always be more. You know. why
0: Why do you think that the funding just isn't there is it is it a choice or is it just the fact that the the coverage of those games aren't there so then the, the sponsorship's not there
1: what does Blind Football give back economically yeah the FA are only like investing if you yeah. think about it the, the reason footballers get paid so much is because they bring that money back you yeah. know it all circulates around the money's not there from Blind Football we don't have like commercial deals advertisements you know the, i play for Do you brighton. Have sponsors though well i play for brighton but it's a it's a charity affiliated to brighton right okay. so i guess brighton helps finance it slightly but it's a charity it rolls off of people so yeah it always comes back to that argument doesn't it like why would the fund it's good that the funding's there in the first place considering mm. we don't really contribute much economically back yeah you know you've got to put that head on and be sensible about it i think it's quite naive to say like "Oh, just pump the money in you've got it it's like why would they they're a business at
0: the end of the day they, they can't do that the devil's advocate argument would be maybe if the game was pushed a bit more mm. coverage wise maybe it would bring some that's money. what i'm trying to do yeah
1: that's why because i've got a platform to, to do it, do it. exactly yeah. the thing is if the fa gave us more funding you've then got the deaf teams the cerebral palsy teams yeah. Uh, there's even you know power chair football where they play in wheelchairs it's crazy you know you've got amputee where does it stop then it goes down to grassroots you've got you you know it Mm. kind of has to stop somewhere yeah it's good in my opinion obviously it can be better but it's good that we have the opportunity to play in the first place and we've got the resources to do that so you you aren't paid until you get to the england team yeah and then some of the players if they're not regulars in that first team aren't on contracts either okay it's just for sort of the staples in the team
0: get paid did you have the opportunity to play football at university or did they not have those facilities
1: i think they did like taster things
0: did you ever go then no i didn't i didn't know it was aware i wasn't aware of it sorry yeah. um
1: i think <laughs> these taster days are really good but it's almost kind of just like it feels as though they're doing it because they have to do it if yeah. that makes sense like oh we've got to include disability somewhere what better way to do it than this? Do you it's know? It's not I mean? really thought through. Yeah. I think it was a bit like poorly run, potentially. Yeah. I, I, that's me. I don't know
0: for sure. Like yeah. that's just me speculating. Well, I mean, that's if you didn't hear like. about it, well, then yeah, yeah, you exactly. didn't hear about it. So, because yeah. like maybe, you know, that's another reason why the game hasn't grown as much as it should is because mm. at the grassroots level, it's just not pushed. Had as you much. heard
1: of blind football before I? I'd heard of it, but of it. I'd
0: never watched it. Mm. Never, because again, why? Like, why would I go watch it? Oh, yeah. I'd go watch, you know, you know, Chelsea play, because that's what's being pushed towards me. Well, exactly. Is the Champions League and yeah. the, the Premiership and the World Cup and whatever. So that's what gets pushed towards me. But so, yeah, no. Until I, I put it this way as well, I had no idea about the rules yeah. or how it worked until we met. Neither did and, I, and
1: I'm blind. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. I knew it was a thing, but I'd, like I said, when I went and played with Brandon for the first time. I never knew what level you could get to. Yeah. If people knew about it, I genuinely think people would watch it. Yeah. If it was on Sky Sports on a weekend,
0: I genuinely think it would pull an audience. It's an incredibly impressive thing to watch. It's ridiculous. Like watching you, and to be fair, and I don't mean this in in a rude way, but watching how much better you are now than when you first started. Because I remember those first few videos with Brandon that you put out. Yeah. And now seeing how much better you are. Yeah. Is so impressive.
1: It, it, I'm, I'm very proud to be fair of where I've got. I think it's because I played football when I was younger. I've got the natural yeah. like movement a of a footballer. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what a ball at my feet should feel like and yeah. what I need to do. There's a lot of players who come in who were blind from birth, mm. never seen football, don't necessarily know how to move their bodies in the most efficient ways, may struggle a little bit. So that's maybe why my progression's been so so good. Yeah. Also,
0: yeah. you're quite a fit person i try to be (laughs) well you're in the gym constantly (laughs) that's why i'm wearing a big
1: jacket now is to hide everything (laughs) i was watching
0: um talking of the gym i was i was watching one of your videos yesterday um in preparation for our chat and it was the story about when you got told off for staring at somebody and they came up to you and they didn't believe that you were blind yeah like has that happened quite often
1: yeah it almost happened on the train today because my eyes just do fall on, especially if I'm yeah. thinking about something, like now I'm very switched on with you. I'm yeah, engaged yeah. with you, so I'm trying to look in your direction. Yeah. When I'm not thinking about anything, they will just plonk where they want to plonk. Got you. Okay. And someone, I, I, I overhear a lot of things with my big Dumbo ears. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> worry, mate, my ears are massive as well. <laughs> Twinning. And I heard them say like that blind guy was staring right at me. I was like, oops, I'll just move my eyes. So it happens a lot, unfortunately. And, and this gym situation was really unfortunate. I was, I was a lot younger than I am now. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have the confidence or the knowledge to know that actually that's discrimination. That's mm. maybe not the most legal thing to do in the world to kick me out of that gym. But oh, you got kicked happened. out? Yeah, yeah. I got asked to, to leave. Yeah.
0: They kicked you out of the gym? Yeah. But that's rough.
1: D- so did they not believe that you were blind? The woman who called me out on it didn't believe me. And then I don't think she... She was in such a rush to go get the manager. She didn't see my cane in my lap. So obviously the cane's a telltale sign that someone's not faking. And then the manager comes over. I explained to him, like, I'm blind, but they sounded very young. Like 17, 18. Maybe didn't know what a cane was, what it symbolised. I don't look blind. Um, And she asked me to leave. And I walked out with my cane. And she didn't ask me to come back. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's the end of it. It wasn't a gym I was used to. Like, it
0: was in a city I'd never been to before. Um, How, do you feel so. like the gym environment, because the gym environment for anybody is intimidating. Like I remember when I was 16 and going into gyms and especially, like I used to go to like a little YMCA mm. where you didn't have too many like big guys or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But going into, I guess, more legitimate gyms, it's yeah. quite an intimidating take. It can like, be. When you're younger, like, especially. Yeah.
1: Like, I was probably, yeah, 16, 17. I only just started using my cane as well. Like that took a lot of confidence for yeah. me to even start using my cane. Um, and yeah, for that to happen, that, that was a big knock. But the gym is intimidating, especially if mm. I'm very lucky that I'm, I've educated myself a lot on the gym and, and yeah. fitness and whatnot. So I know what I'm doing. I know what each machine is. Mm. But for someone who maybe hasn't spent those hours and hours and hours
0: looking into it, oh God, it's, it's terrifying. Do you, like, what support do, do the gyms give you now that maybe you didn't get? when you first started
1: the gym I go to is fantastic shout out the gym group they are incredible I was actually lucky enough to work with them on a campaign they pretty much all the time unless the member of staff is taking a class that they run or has to like maybe they're at the end of their shift and there's a gap between where the next staff member's on they will take me around the gym grab all my equipment for me help me with attachments um even sometimes like help me with my form because obviously I can't look in the mirror to see like maybe if something's going slightly yeah. wrong, they'll correct me with God, that kind yeah. of stuff. But some of them have become like, some of my closest friends, they're, they're all amazing. The support they've given me
0: there is ridiculously good. That is one of the things you have to be careful mm. in the gym. And you have to, that's why they have the mirrors everywhere to mm. make sure that your form's okay. So, yeah, I'm, but it's good to hear that they're, they're supportive because I can imagine for maybe people a bit younger than you that, as you say, haven't had that experience of going in the gym. Mm yes it's bloody intimidating
1: especially when you've got big guys i think yeah the whole steroid culture people aren't as open about how many people are actually on steroids you see all these massive guys and girls to be fair you get some absolute units you know you want to be like them Mm. and you don't know they're on steroids and you push yourself too hard and injure yourself especially if you don't know things like correct form do you know what i mean so Mm. i am very lucky in that sense for one. i've taken the time to to educate
0: myself and also have that support with me as well yeah that's amazing to hear that. The kind of last thing I just want to go on to is mm. what does the future hold for you? Like what what is your goals and aspirations with your channel or channels? Like I know we were talking about like podcasts and stuff mm. on the way here. Yes, yeah. What's what are the aspirations moving forward if you know, if we could wave a magic wand and and achieve everything that you wanted to achieve over the next few years, what what is it that you want to do with your platforms?
1: If you could wave a magic wand like of course i'd want to say oh, i'd love millions of followers across all these platforms yeah. the one thing i'd ask for actually two two things i'd ask for but they come simultaneously is consistency over a long period of time yeah to to deliver good quality content consistently mm. and to enjoy it yeah that's what that's my only goal is to continue putting out this content that i like i'm happy with and satisfied with it's not just a bit of content that i've just thrown together and that I actually enjoy doing it mm. because if I had millions of followers and all these highly engaged audiences but I didn't enjoy it what's the point yeah so that's what I'd ask for but a podcast like you mentioned yes 100% and there's obviously smaller metrics that I'd like to hear like 500,000 on TikTok of course I want to get there as soon as yeah. possible um, but I think ultimately it's about that enjoyment and satisfaction with it what about the educational
0: side of things like what what's the the goal and aspiration there in terms of like the psychology of a degree and stuff. No, <laughs> or... Yeah, to be fair, that, like one, are you, are you ever thinking of, of going back and doing that side of things? But two, in terms of educating people using your platform? Mm. I'd like to go into consultancy,
1: to yeah. be fair. Um, talking to brands, companies, institutions about how they can make their kind of spaces more accessible for blind people. That's something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to use my platform to reach out to, to brands yeah. like that. Um, in terms of the uh, degree and stuff, I mean, I do see myself going back to it down the line, but I think a long time down the line, yeah. long, long time down the line, because I'm passionate about that as well. Mm. Um, and it's what I set out to do when I was, you know, a kid. So I think I'll fulfill that at some point. But for me, yeah, spreading this educational content, making people aware of that blind people don't just sit in the dark listening to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that—that that is the priority.
0: What? What are the kind of things that you'd want to change in brands and companies and spaces? Like, you've obviously thought about this a lot. What, what are the type of things that you would want to change? It's things like
1: so, uh, of course, I'm passionate about blindness and being blind, but also mm. there's a much bigger demographic who are just visually impaired who don't use a cane or a guide dog. Yeah. Um, but they, their vision is still very poor. It's mm. about lighting. You know why walk into a place and it's really dark with tight spaces? Or like Hollister to or something. Hollister's yeah. terrible. Yeah. No. No. You might, well just, you might as well just have the lights off. Oh, I can't stand it. Yeah. Even as someone like I don't use my vision to see, but just that scattered lighting is mm. so like it hurts. Genuinely, I'm really? so sensitive to light. It hurts. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, things like that. Like, ha- have you highlighted your steps properly? Mm. Is there, you know, lift access? or escalator access if people aren't comfortable with stairs. It seems so basic. It is basic. Is it a funding thing? That's where I'm not too educated. Yeah. I couldn't say. I yeah. don't know if part of it's like let's put a shop together and have it like this and have it all look pretty. Yeah. But actually it's not fundamentally not a good shop. Through. Yeah. <laughs> Do okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it could be a funding thing or it could just be a bit of naivety maybe. Yeah. Of Probably. course they have like obviously I'm not going to go into somewhere like what's a what's a big brand? Like JD Sports for yeah. example. And go to their, the people who have designed their shop and say, you haven't spoken to anyone disabled because obviously they have, they have to. They ha- yeah. But there's still like, improvements that can be made really easily.
0: Just small changes that would make mm. everybody's life yeah. So much easier, even people who aren't disabled. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Just older, older people, younger mm. people. Yeah, older people like me.
1: Older people <laughs> like you with your, your hip replacements. <laughs>
0: hey, you're the one with the bad hip at the moment. Don't don't be firing hip replacements at me. Don't My nan had to have a hip replacement, so it runs in the family. Oh, so.
1: I'll give you some advice when you get there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, you're so right because it's so true. Because you know, when I walk into a shop now. I don't think of those things. If I was designing a shop now, I wouldn't think of those things. And I think that that's what's one of the, again, one of the most beneficial things that have come out of someone like you having a platform is it's so easy for you to make a video about that that might get 200,000 views, Mm. which is more than what any marketing campaign that one of these agencies or charities would put out anyway. Mm. And I think that you working on those kind of things moving forward and us as an agency helping you go into those businesses to have those conversations. I'm like writing a to-do list for Tal, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Tal's going to be fuming after this. I've got so much work to do now. Um, I think that that's so important. Mm. It's not just about and although the, the comedic side of things is great, and I, I personally love it, it is it is that educational side of things for you. And I do think having things like a podcast, a digital series, whatever yes. it's going to be yeah. over the next documentary. Documentary like yeah. is a. I was actually speaking to Tal about this the other day, mm-hmm. and Tal raised it with me about how many different ideas that she's come up with in terms of documentary ideas for you. There's so many. Spaces that you could talk about in terms of accessibility, and it it isn't done enough. Like there's, there aren't enough shows on TV, there aren't enough social media campaigns, and it seems like when they are doing it, it's ticking a box.
1: That's what I was just about to say is it's yeah. like a quota. Yeah. You know, we've we've done our disabled content. We've done our yeah. pri- LGBT content yeah. for the for the year. Let's crack on with marketing on things we really the care about. The amount
0: of brands that we work with who, you know, come June, oh, we want to do a pride campaign. <laughs> I pitched the same creators to them in October. They don't want to hear about you. Yeah, literally. And it is just ticking a box.
1: It is, yeah. It looks good on their behalf. And yeah. sometimes this is also what I feel when I work with brands sometimes is... I am I just look good for their brand because yeah. I'm disabled. And yeah. like, it, that's how it feels sometimes a lot with a lot of brands, it doesn't. Yeah. And they genuinely like enjoy my content, I hope. But there's some brands who just talk to you in a way that's like, do you even want me on this? Or is it just cause
0: I'm blind? We had one the other day, I won't name the brand, but they, um, they wanted to work with one of, one of our creators. They sent over the brief. We sent back a creative concept and they basically were just like, can you focus on the fact that they are in this community? And yeah. we were like, that has nothing to do with the campaign. Literally, You're now showing you just want to yeah. tick a box.
1: It's crazy, it's, but you've got to be, I'm, I don't like to be cynical, but no, I am quite cynical in that sense. Like, yeah. why do you want to work with me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that needs to be addressed more, I think, it, as well.
0: It is a it is a catch twenty-two as well, because those those brand managers who are saying, I want to work with Toby, have managers above them and directors above mm. them saying we need to work yeah. on hitting these quotas. Yeah. And on the one hand it is a great thing because it's it's you know, it's providing you with an income. Well yeah. But secondly, you can you can still do that and work with people like you while still truly caring Mm. about the topics that they're trying to tick boxes for. And I think too often, and it is cynical, but it's true, they are just trying to tick a box at a certain time of the year, for example, instead of actually caring and putting in a long-term strategy about how can we raise awareness for a certain... You know subsection of the community
1: that's what it's all about like millie pickles for example yeah. who you're going to speak to Yeah. um she has a couple of long-term partnerships mm. and some of her content focuses around her disability yeah and some of it focuses around why she loves that brand and why yeah. the brand's great yeah and you can just tell that it's so one mutually beneficial but it's so authentic at the same time yeah when you get these one-off ones that like can you talk about being blind and how this has helped you and then I'll never see you again. Mm. It's it's yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't feel so rewarding
0: in that sense. Yeah. To wrap this up, I want to ask everybody that comes on, what's your one best tip for keeping a positive mindset?
1: I think we touched on it earlier. It's about enjoying, say you've got something you want to be motivated towards. For me, for example, that could be content creation make sure there's other facets of your life that keep you motivated and give you enjoyment.
0: You know, don't circulate your life around one thing. Toby, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, Honestly, every time I speak to you, I walk away so positive and I hope that everybody who's listened and watched is the same, so thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. No, my pleasure, mate. Anytime.